Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Jason Cutter. Jason, you're the CEO and founder of Cutter Consulting Group. You're the creator of Authentic Persuasion, which is a digital program. You're the host of the Sales Experience Podcast. Available, you could just search. If you're listening to this show right now in a podcast app, you could search for the Sales Experience and you'll find Jason. And you're the soon-to-be author of Selling with Authentic Persuasion, due in August. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. I am glad to be here. I'm excited. I love the conversations that you have. And, you know, hopefully uh, we'll have some fun here. Yeah. Well, listen, I think this is, uh, I got so excited when I saw what you did. I love talking about uh, where sales has evolved to. And I got to tell you that, you know, for 13 years as a consumer expert, you know, I study and lead consumer behavior. And I'm really excited for people that are on the forefront of truly understanding how consumers behave and how to help companies sell more effectively. And, and I love that you use this phrase that, you know, it's helping them sell without selling because that's really it that you got to stop with the old used car salesman techniques, you know, the, um, the tricky sales funnels you got to buy now. There's, uh, you know, fake scarcity, fake anything. Listen, in my opinion, I don't think you're fooling anybody today. Like anything that you think is a sales tactic that's going to help you close more sales, unless it's rooted in authenticity, we all know what you're doing. You're not fooling anybody. Now you might be able to, uh, sorry, I'm on my soapbox already, Jason. And, <laughs> I love it. No, keep going. <laughs> this is yours. Listen, I'm, you're the one that's supposed to be on the soapbox. No, I'm going to shut up here just a second. Um, but I'm just really grateful for uh, folks like yourself that are trying to talk some sense into the world because I think that sadly, there are a lot of sales and marketing gurus out there that are sharing a different message. And the reason they share that message is because it keeps people frustrated and it keeps people buying more of those programs that don't work. You cannot be manipulative with people today. It's not working. It's not going to work. And it's just going to keep you stuck, frustrated and buying more stuff when you really should be listening to folks like Jason. Am I right, Jason? Uh, I would say yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is definitely one of the longer intros I've had. And I love it because it's also true. And I think the unfortunate part is, you know, you're saying like people don't want that. People don't like to be manipulated. People, you know, being sold to don't like that used car persona that people know of, even though there's people who sell used cars that are, you know, doing it in proper ways. But unfortunately, it perpetuates because it just does work. People like you and I are maybe a smaller percentage of the buying public where there's people who fall for those tricks and the fake scarcity and uh, the tactics and the manipulation. And what I see is the people who use those tactics, like their success is short-lived. Um, it's usually hard to replicate. They, yeah. they have highs and lows. 
they have to change industries, they have to change jobs, change companies, change states, change whatever, because they're constantly running to try to find it. And luckily, I think the greatest part is that one of the value things of the internet is that it creates so much transparency. It's getting harder yes. and harder for the bad actors to uh, hide, um, you know, in that old snake oil, so a snake oil salesman way where you move to another town, people don't know who you are. You can sell your crap. Um, and then oh, yes, the we gig do. is up. We know exactly move, right? who you are. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now it's, it's a little more, but there's still people who, you know, just fall for that. And there's reasons why manipulation works, unfortunately, but yeah, yeah. no, I, 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 I love being a part of the movement to change that, um, you know, and right. just help salespeople realize there's a different way to do it and be highly effective. Jason, what's your background? How did you get into uh, what you do today? And again, so you've, you're the CEO, founder of Cutter Consulting Group, uh, you're getting on your second year here. Uh, you know, again, you've been podcasting for a while, uh, about a year and a half. Um, but your background obviously is in uh, both sales marketing, business development. Yeah. So I'm going to go backwards because it tells a interesting story. So I have the consulting now uh, approaching two years. Uh, before that, I have been inside organizations in leadership roles where I was helping run sales, marketing, sometimes sales, marketing, and operations all at the same time. Um, because to me, it's one customer going all the way through. It's not sales versus marketing, it's sales and marketing. Um, and so it was a direct to consumer companies. It was telephone. I've been in telephone related sales for a a long time. You know, it's one thing to go face to face and you can build some relationships and and kind of build rapport. It's another one when I transitioned to telephone related sales and that's a totally different game and that's a much harder oh, yeah. one because you have to listen, you have to actually listen really well and you have to be very effective at communicating. So, I led teams for, you know, 12 years before that I was doing sales. My first sales job was in the mortgage business in 2002 where literally you didn't have to have any skills because uh, people wanted mortgages. It was the, you know, the, the housing market was just going nuts. And so literally you could just show up and not have skills. So I actually didn't learn a lot for a while about selling until I was in different roles. Um, but the, that's where I'm at now. The funny part and, or the punchline is my bachelor's degree is in marine biology and I spent years yeah. tagging sharks. And then I worked at Microsoft for a couple of years doing tech support. So for me, my background, like a lot of people who fall into sales was not destined for sales. Yeah. Yeah. So people who do, uh, like, like in, in, they're in college and they're like, I want to be in sales. Like I, 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 I often think that those people would have the most difficult time evolving. Um, you know, if they've had kind of more of a traditional background in it, um, or maybe they're, they've kind of been with employers that listen, we got a script here and coffees for closers and blah, blah, blah. Like uh, you got to kind of shake that stuff out of their system in, in many environments. Not all. Some, I think, you know, traditional old school sales probably still does work better than, you know, and you don't, maybe you don't have the flexibility and the freedom to really invest in relationship. Um, but I know what I love and I'd love to, uh, I've got some more examples of like, you know, what, what I've seen work really, really well and uh, what I think, it just turns my stomach. But again, Jason, is it, is it, do, do you think maybe I'm, I'm an anomaly or do you think like, I, I, I mean, I believe, you know, based on what I've seen that consumers, I don't think have ever been more savvy, have never been more um, cynical 
about being sold or marketed to or advertised to. Um, and, and I think that, you know, the evidence I've seen is that consumers are just doing far more research before they pull the trigger on anything. Because, you know, we've all been sold a bill of goods before and we're like, you know, I'm just not, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, I want to pause, check you out, see if you, you know, pass the gut check and, and then, you know, and then we'll move from there. I think there's times when there's transactions, when there's sales, which don't require a lot of that, right? And I'm not talking about just like going to the grocery store. I'm talking about some kind of sale where it's semi-significant. You want some help from a salesperson to help you make mm-hmm. a decision, right? Some kind of consult, consultative process. Um, and, you know, I think there's some of that that happens, but I don't think you're an anomaly. I think more people want that and they crave that. Now, they don't always get that, but I think it's pretty much standard that no one likes being sold to, or at least most people. Some people like the fight. They like being sold to. They like being pitched. They like, you know, I, I've known some people in my life who enjoy going into a car dealership where they know someone's going to try to get one over on them and they love yeah. the battle. They literally love to fight yeah. and, and, and have conflict. And, but most people don't. So most people don't want to be sold to. They want to buy and they want help. And I think what's really changed is the fact that people have so much information at hand. I mean, the way that people who manipulate or are successful in the past were was that they were the gatekeepers for the information and knowledge, right? Let's look mm-hmm. at real estate agents for the longest time. If you yeah. wanted to buy a house, you had to go through a real estate agent because they had the MLS. They had the multiple listing service and you didn't. Yep. And then Redfin came out. And then all these other sites came out where now you had the information, you knew what you were getting into, and you still want some professional help. I mean, some people do it by themselves, but you still want a professional, but you don't need them to tell you stuff that you can find on your phone, right? You don't need knowledge anymore, right? You need wisdom. And that's what people are craving. And the winners are helping people from a place of wisdom, not just reading off the brochure and telling them what the features are. Obviously, one thing that I think a lot of folks in sales uh, or business owners want to be keenly aware of is, Jason, what is working in sales and marketing in 2020? Because this is a year unlike we've ever seen in in our entire history of our species. <laughs> yeah, and, for sure. uh, Yeah. And so, uh, obviously, this has impacted consumer behavior. We're seeing huge shifts take place. And I'll be honest, I think it's the world's accelerating, is, is how I look at it in many industries and many uh, areas of how we do business, um, you know. But when you see entire, you know, old school Facebook ad agencies shutting down and laying off eighty employees uh, because it's just not working uh, in the way that it was, um, I think that there was some obviously some really big sensitivities during you know the height of you know when COVID was like you know we were dealing with the realization that this pandemic was inescapable. We, we are in the midst of a pandemic. Right. And so now I think we're adjusting to that. So I think it's probably eased off a little bit. Um, and then of course, um, you know, Black Lives Matter and the impact uh, of race and the sensitivities that I think marketers need to have there. Um, it, I could tell you from a PR standpoint, it consumes the dial. It consumes the conversation. Um, if you're not talking about those two things uh, or the economy, now, as it relates to those two things, uh, you get kind of out, drowned out. And I don't know that a lot of people are interested in having the conversations that they once were. I'm seeing that a lot with enterprise level sales and companies that are like, listen, we're putting the 
we're putting the stops on everything. You know, we got to be, everyone's gotten really, really conservative. Not everyone, but, you know, there's just a lot of people that are just not moving quickly with purchases and wanting to have sales conversations. I, I don't know. What, what do you see and what do you predict both historically for, you know, what we've seen so far the first half of the year in 2020 and in the next six to 12 months? I think the, what I've been seeing and what I think to be very true is that, and I see this a lot online and a lot of salespeople talking about it, is the use of empathy when in marketing, when in sales and empathy being like putting myself in your shoes and understanding where you're coming from and thinking about you and how can I help you, right? And so that's like this now topic and buzz buzzword in the communities that I'm in where now all of a sudden all of these people, these salespeople are thinking, oh, we should be empathetic and empathy works and we should care about our people people, our customers, and then, you know, shouldn't push for the sale and, and just build relationships. And my mind is thinking, that's what you should have been doing the whole time, right? Like, that's not a new concept. It's what you could have or should have been doing, right? Instead of, you know, slashing necks and, and cash and checks, like maybe the, the plan should have been the empathy. So for me, I'm not surprised. And I think it's valuable. I think that's what people always crave. And I think one of the things that I've seen that's most fascinating, which kind of holds to my long-term thesis, which is if you're selling something of value, you're helping another person get something they want, achieve a goal, avoid pain, whatever that is, whether it's business to, to business or it's to consumer, if you have something like that, that's actually a value to another person, there's no reason not to sell even at a time like this, because you're mm. helping the other person. Now, if you sell crap that somebody doesn't need, if you're selling the 19th CRM in line to help them with their CRM for their company that they don't need, that is, you know, 1% better than what they've had, you're going to struggle to show them the value in, and, and again, I'm, I'm an hour north of San Francisco. I'm near Silicon Valley. I have a lot of contacts in Silicon Valley and they've all got the latest and greatest marketing widget or CRM or phone system. And there's nothing wrong with that, but times like this really filter out what's valuable and what's not, right? What do consumers mm -hmm. really want? Those Facebook ads that have all been shut down or people have stopped doing them because they're not working. It's like, well, maybe it's because people didn't really need that or want that. And now people are kind of going, what really matters in my life versus what did I need to do? Did I need to go out to dinner six times a week? Or is that really not that important? Yeah. Yeah, it's really a gut check. I think for so many people, this year has been a kind of a gut check of what's important to me. Um, what do I stand for? Um, you know, what what do I want? And mm -hmm. I, I think you know, some people obviously they you know they you know obviously if you know if you're the founder of a company, you know you 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 don't want to go out of business. You want to keep growing, and so I think you know uh, getting. Uh, more sales uh, is is pretty important. Keeping the revenue where it needs to be, so you don't have to shrink as a company. Um, what do you see uh, in terms of lead generation or advertising or awareness? What strategies do you like um, that help keep that funnel filled? I mean, I think one thing that's gaining more and more traction that people are really getting on is content marketing that's focused on providing value and helping somebody with some information or some level of knowledge. I mean, here's the big thing, right? 
is right now, if I had a problem, right, I needed to fix something on my car or something wasn't working, I would go in Google or I would go on YouTube and I would search for it. And if I have the desire, I'm going to watch some videos and then maybe fix it myself, right? And so just popping up ads and telling me, like trying to sell me something isn't going to work as much as here's some content. And if you need help, I can help you with this, right? Like anybody who's putting out that content, whether it's to consumers or business, they're going to get the attention. They're going to be seen as that thought leader. And then they're going to move people forward. The big concern with that is people are always scared. Companies are always scared that they're going to give out their best stuff, right? They come from scarcity instead of abundance, which is, well, if I tell people how to do something or I show them all this information, they're not going to want to hire me or they're not going to want to buy my product or service. And I think fundamentally that's not true because you, you're not going to, you're not going to win by keeping your cards too close to your chest. And so I think content marketing, being authentic, putting out value, putting out information, networking, being where the consumers are and where they want to be and where they're spending their time and then helping them see that you can solve their problem or achieve their goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, and I think it's, 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 you can't, argue with the market. The market is what it is. And even though some other guru told you to be doing something, and if it's not working, obviously don't do it anymore. But I could tell you, consumers, I think from my perspective as kind of a, you know, a consumer guy, uh, you know, they make it frictionless for them to build a relationship with you. And, and in some regard, you know, provide a lot of ungated stuff like make it ridiculously easy for them to watch your videos and and see you know really experience your your industry expertise and your wisdom and your um your social proof and your authority and what other people have to say about you because i th- i mean that's what i look for um how can we weave that into our sales cycles better Well, I think, you know, you have that content as the beginning, then it's going to drive that interest. And then when that person is reaching out to your company, the question is, where does that happen? Is that happening on a form on the website? If so, then you want to meet that person where they're at and where they want to be communicated. I mean, there's a lot of cool technology now, which somebody fills out a form on your website and then they get a text message and then they're interacting with a text, either with a person or a a bot and then moving that person towards the phone call. And then you have that conversation. And then the real key that I see where a lot of organizations are are missing is marketing and sales are siloed. So marketing is doing all this content. They're doing all this lead generation. They're getting people excited. They're getting people interested. And then they get on the phone or they're interacting with a salesperson. And the salesperson literally has no idea what happened in that conversation before Mm. that moment. And so they're trying to pick up the conversation at halftime where they don't even know what's been said um, versus, you know, the fact that it should be one conversation. Marketing starts it, sales is continuing it, and then customer success is, you know, continuing it even further once the transaction is done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really love get, getting everybody looking at that customer journey roadmap together. I think that that's extremely valuable. You know, what are their pain? What is this person's, what are they experiencing at this point, you know, based on these impressions that they've got and, you know, where are they, what are their biggest needs? What are their concerns? What are their beliefs? What are their uh, apprehensions at this time? And uh, I, that I think is a really, really powerful day um, for sales and marketing to come together to really look over that roadmap together and um, so that everybody understands the the whole life experience of of that customer. So, Jay, 
focus in specifically Cutter Consulting Group. Um, tell me who engages with you. What are they buying from you? How do you help them? Uh, so I consider myself a sales success architect, which means I look at the whole picture for a sales team. It's usually inside sales, telephone sales groups, um, somebody that's selling, whether it's direct to consumer or it's business to business. And for me, I just holistically look at the whole picture in order to find ways to help the individuals and the team uh, increase their selling effectiveness. Sometimes it's scripts, sometimes it's training, coaching, it's mindset, sometimes it's technology, sometimes it's the marketing itself and making sure it's optimized and it's saying the right message. Um, and so companies that typically hire me are the ones where they need some help in that aspect. Maybe they aren't big enough or developed enough to have you know, a VP of sales that would be running this and they need to get to that point and they're having trouble scaling. I'm a big one on systems where it's, you know, you take mm -hmm. a room full of, you know, people who have good intent as salespeople, they have some basic skills, they have the desire to win, but maybe they're not the superstars that, you know, you might think of and helping put the, the plan around them and the tools around them to help them get to that level and create those results and then, you know, scale that team up. So that's a lot of what I do for companies as well as some training seminars, you know, anything around authentic persuasion and helping people embrace who they are and then to effectively move conversations forward instead of, and the term I use a bunch because I've identified this, uh, I see a lot of people who are in sales and they're acting more like order takers, but they could be successful if they knew a process that would work that wasn't manipulating and all the stuff we started talking yeah. about. You know, so, so you actually do um, nearshore outsourcing as well. Yeah. So I right? have uh, nearshore outsourcing. I have partnerships with a lot of other outsourcing. I mean, in my time inside sales uh, with inside companies, as well as with the consulting. I mean, I've worked with call centers in most of the countries you would think of for outsourcing. So I'm very familiar with that. And, um, you know, I think all of them have their place. All of them are really good at certain campaigns, depending on what you're selling and right. what you need from them. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting thing. And, you know, it's also a good way to start some conversations that would help salespeople then continue it on from there. Yeah, fantastic. Well, so I'm on your website right now, Cutter Consulting group.com. Uh, anything in particular that folks should look for when they go to your site? No, I mean, you know, I have the, the blog, the standard blog page. I have my podcast page on there. It's really about what somebody's looking for. Are they, are mm -hmm. they wanting to transform their current team and improve the results and get some help with that? Or do they want to develop one from scratch? I also work with companies who maybe they're in the startup phase. They are a, maybe a tech-based founder who created something, but, and they can sell it themselves, but they don't know how to write scripts. They don't know how to build a team. Like that's not in their wheelhouse. And so I'll come in and they can keep doing what they do best and I'll fill in those sales gaps and get them to a point where now we have a scaled up sales team. So sometimes I do those projects, which is developing from nothing. It's like, I have this thing. I don't know how to sell it, where do we start? Um, and then, you know, build that out. Fantastic. Jason Cutter, you're the CEO and founder of Cutter Consulting Group on the web at cutterconsultinggroup.com. You're the creator of Authentic Persuasion. Uh, that's on your website. You're the host of the Sales Experience Podcast. So if you want more of Jason, just search for the Sales Experience. You'll find it. And again, your book coming out, Selling with Authentic Persuasion. Just subscribe to Jason's podcast. I'm sure you'll be talking about it and, uh, and, and folks can look for that. Um, Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, thanks for having me. 
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.